they were like, is Aaron coming? And I was like, well, he said he has to do some homework. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't intend no, it's it that fine. way. It's good to know where we stand. Wow. <laughs> so, something that I wanted to say last time that I didn't get a chance to because you guys were knee deep in that conversation uh, is that. While we were doing that, Caitlin and I tried World of Warcraft, and her graphics card hasn't been up- updated since buying her computer. That's a long time of not updating a graphics card. <laughs> sure what what uh what what wow were you guys playing? Were, were, what uh? Oh, what it's side? World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> like, were, were you guys Horde Alliance? Did you manage we, to get far? Listen, Did you stop at Owen, level twenty? Listen, Caitlin bought time. I quit and played Guild Wars. <laughs> so Caitlyn is the true hero here, the one that we all deserve. <laughs> sure, Caitlyn's an MMO fiend. She She's is an like all she plays. I, I mean, I I enjoyed playing Guild Wars with you guys, but I will say that WoW is just better. Hey, before we start the podcast, <laughs> hi guys, how you doing? Welcome to there the podcast. Go. Is that better? No, because no yeah. one responded to me last time I said hello. No. Hey, there's man, like a, I there's like I a whole, whole paragraph here you're supposed to read. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, there's a paragraph. Okay, ready? Read this. Welcome to the forecast, episode 64. Is that accurate? The forecast is, I don't know. How about you try <laughs> 65? A little Dang less it. reedy. Okay, fine. Hey, everybody, welcome to the forecast, episode 65. The forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced every other Thursday. Uh, we are gr- a group of people who just love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from board games to video games to things we just encounter throughout our everyday lives. Um, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash we are the horizon community, or you can check out our website at we are the horizon.com. Everything we talk about in our podcast, we also put into our cast notes that gets pushed to our website as well as whatever podcasting app you are using. So that being said, let's get into it. Let's start with what have you been playing lately? Alex, we'll start with you. Before we start that, can we just title <laughs> this podcast? <laughs> can we title it that Chad finally graduated and got a job? Yes! Congratulations, Welcome to the forecast, man. Episode 65 special edition. Chad finally graduated and got a job. Congrats. <laughs> and then Frank's hey, Frank. here. <laughs> Frank's here. <laughs> Frank's just muted at the moment. Love it. Uh, so, so yeah, let's woo! start with you, Alex. Um, so what have I been playing lately? Let's Don't go down the list. Luckily, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> you put two things on here, which is nice. <laughs> That means it'll only take 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, Monster Hunter World came out on PC. It's been out on consoles for, like, what, six months or something? Finally came out on PC. Been playing some of that. It's pretty dope. Um, I don't know. It seems very diverse in, in its combat and, like, content that you can take on. But at the same time, it's kind of, like, grindy and samey. It's super weird. Um, but I've ha- I'm having fun with that so far. I'm not too deep in it. And uh, I started playing a little bit of Overwatch, I guess. Is that a new game? I've yeah. heard about that one before. <laughs> I, I don't know. I got sucked into playing with you guys one night, and then I played Wrecking Ball. And then I was yeah, like, let's talk yeah. About how many heroes you actually played? <laughs> I should play more Wrecking Ball. That's what I was thinking to <laughs> myself. Yeah. Especially in low grab. <laughs> yeah. 
Actually, you know what? I don't really like it in low grav. It's it's too wacky. Mm. It's too. Mm, Please it's hard to knock people off. Of I was gonna say it's easy. <laughs> too easy. I'm like, <laughs> You're too good at the game, man. <laughs> too freaking good. Because like the huge fun part of that character is like nailing a sick swing, and it's like really easy to swing on stuff when it's low grav. Yeah, that's true. Not that it's particularly difficult, like regularly, but. <laughs> it's just cool to like get sick angles and like swing around stuff perfectly and land right where you're trying to go. So, so to me, this guy is like the from a from a standpoint of escapability, he's the anti mage of Overwatch. Just the like anti-mage. there and then just gone. You're like, I think Sombra is the anti mage. So almost dead. Well, it just okay. Fine. Let me think about a tank that can jump in and out. It's gonna take a while. Oh wait, there's not really any. I just feel like he has crazy escapability. There's several times we were yeah. playing when we were playing Overwatch and we got him down to a tick of health and then he just disappeared. Freaking goes at like mock speed away. Because <laughs> he can already m- roll, which is basically like a sprint, but then he can get even faster by like grappling himself around. And you can't headshot him when he's in ball. Yeah, what the heck? Really? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I guess OP that makes hero. sense because his head is inside of the ball. It <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. all adds up. So then I found myself like going into training mode the other day and like trying to swing on stuff and I don't know. It was just fun doing that. Didn't expect this level of dedication from you. (laughs) Like stuff like jumping off the edge of the map and then like swinging around the corner and then like coming out on the other side like behind where people would be. Is it kind of like Titanfall-esque? A little bit. Didn't you fall off the map in one of the games that we played and then caught yourself on the ledge with your grappling hook and swing yourself back up? I I think I did did that that. maybe once, but I practiced doing that a bunch in training. And, um, because normally when you're going off the edge, you just fall and die, and you want to prevent that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's like spots in, in the maps where, like, you couldn't flank from that side unless you had a character that can, like, jump around. Through nothing, and it's just pretty sick. <laughs> what's the what's the one what's the cart pushing map where you get to the end of it and you like go inside and then there's like there's there's a lot of them that end there's up like buildings. <laughs> you know, like the is it Mexican themed? Is it no, 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 no. Italian themed? It's like Wait, when you the... go when you first enter the gates of the final point, there's like that area with the pillars to the right, and then there's like a uh, hard like right super uh, duper left hard turn, to push. and then like, there's like a, a little area with pillars, and then there's like the top space. Wow. I can't it's the very last one we played Volskaya? with the bridge. No, it's the very last one we played with the bridge over the water with the little no. Rialto. Rialto. No, no, it's not that one. Okay, I don't know. What's Is the it Sombra? Row? What's the row? One? It's not King's, King's Row. row. King's Row. Guys, this is very bad. I can't. <laughs> we need to not do this right we're, now. We're trying to figure what's out awesome, What's awesome is that you can name all the maps, and I don't have any association for what the names oh are. Oh, gosh. So it doesn't so even matter. So this is a massive You're waste useless. of time. <laughs> okay, moving on. But, you can, but there's like a spot where you can fall through the middle, and you will die there, but you can actually Did attach up underneath it. And come out on the it's other side King's of Row. the room. Yeah, it's gotta, no, be, King's it's gotta be King's Row. Yeah, it's pretty. There's a sharp left hand turn, and then there's a sharp right hand turn, like immediately yeah. afterwards. Yeah, and then yeah, there's the point King's right there. Row. It's King's actually Row. Watch Point Gibraltar. Yeah, no, not that one. 
<laughs> actually do know that one um yeah i don't know it seems seems cool that's all i have to say Hi! <laughs> I'm so surprised. I didn't know what to do. I was just waiting on the next game. Uh, I'll go next. Um, a couple things I've been playing. Number one, I've been doing a lot of working out in the headset, uh, and I have been trying to find games that are just an absolute workout. If you have not played Thrill of the Fight yet, and you have a headset, you should try it. It will wreck your body. Um, it is essentially a boxing game. Uh, that's really all you need to know. It's a boxing game, and it is very intense and very difficult. And it's all about blocking and positioning and ducking and throwing punches and i can tell you it was very fun to watch carson play the boxing game because he was yelling about all of his random girlfriends and protecting them and classic Excuse middle me? school middle school wow. jargon yeah you stay away from tanisha i'm like who <laughs> what who, who exactly is tanisha? yeah i second that <laughs> Uh, but it's a really fun game. Another thing I've been doing is just kind of going back and I've been wanting to play some of the games we had in the Humble Bundle back when we used to do, you know, Humble Bundle Monthly Rumble. When yeah, that was what a cool is thing. this? Thoth? Yeah, what? man. What the I never beat it. I never beat it. And I saw it was still on my computer that day. I was like, oh, I need to try to beat that. That game is so oh. freaking hard. You're going back to Humble games that we already played and reviewed? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Long Instead of like ago. the year worth of Humble games that we own <laughs> yep. that we haven't played at all? Yep, 100%. Well, you say we. Come on now. I have played most of them. I yeah. downloaded played all of them. most of the games. Yeah. No way. I don't believe yeah. you. Not this last month. I don't believe month. you either. But before that? <laughs> yeah. Or the month before, or the month before that. But, you know. So Humble makes some money. Yeah. It's like people randomly stay subscribed to them and don't use their stuff like me uh well either way i've been going back and play some of the old games because i wanted to beat thoth because i never beat it in the first place that game is really freaking hard and then i really liked goner and i'm surprised caleb that you did not like that game more more than you do because it seems mm -hmm. kind of up your alley i mean it's pretty good it's wow shoot it down it's okay I'm, all right what you want from it's, me it's, it's pretty good it's pretty good i mean it's, it's pretty good it's not like mind that's blowing. high that's high praise coming from caleb <laughs> that's a valid point frank thank you okay well that's You're what welcome. i'm playing caleb how about you speaking of things that are pretty good monster hunter world's pretty good i'm gonna yeah! that too okay so if you're considering playing monster hunter world just know that you can bring a giant set of metal bagpipes that are as big as you are and swing them around like a club it's amazing also i think later right. you can make it into a bell which is also amazing you so can also good. play them you play music oh yeah you also play music and you're like a bard but you also do a bunch of damage with your horn you're like a bard who crushes skulls exactly it's quite wonderful actually uh, other than that, I've been playing a little bit of Dead Cells, which just got its 1.0 release like last week or so, and Whoa. it's they've added a ton of stuff. Uh, Has it been on early access or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yep. And they just come out officially. They added a ton of new areas later in the game, um, a ton of bosses, uh, items, all sorts of stuff. They also added a, a bunch of lore to the early levels of the game, which is really cool because it didn't have like any before. So it's pretty it's pretty good now. I mean it was good anyway, but got a message from Angon the other day. He was like, yo, are you guys still playing Monster Hunter World? I missed the dude with the big musical instrument. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's it's really good in co-op because you boost our damage so much. 
it's really good in solo because I boost my damage so much. <laughs> and then I hit him in the head with a set of bagpipes. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, Chad, what have you been playing? Uh, so I'm just going to start off saying I've been playing Fortnite. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the other day I went and played a duos no-fill. Got 15 kills in one. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pro at it. So, you know, check out my Twitch. I'm playing it all the time. Uh, Monster Hunter World, like everybody else, it's pretty fun. I hate the freaking joining session, stupid freak. You can't join people in that game, like at all. It's so stupid. And the times that you try to join, other people join, and then they take up your slot. So if you uh, are going to get that game, do know that it'll be very frustrating to try to get into games with people. And you just got to figure that out and then continue from there. Uh, and then Guild Wars 2 came out a while ago with Path of Fire, but Caitlin and I just started playing it. Um,. And I think that they've done an incredible job with this expansion. Uh, Guild Wars 2, when it first came out, was quite, like, it was good, but it wasn't Guild Wars 1. And so it wasn't what we were, like, looking for when we first got a game, uh, Guild Wars, that is. But as they started releasing the expansions, uh, I think it's been getting better. Heart of, uh, Heart of Thorns was all right, but I think they went way too vertical with their maps, so it's, like, really hard to navigate. Uh, they just kind of went wide with their maps this time because they put mounts into the game. And uh, the mounts are pretty easy to get because you just kind of get them through the story progression for like a gold here or there. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. Hmm. You know, one thing we have not mentioned, uh, all three of us have already gone, but we have been playing a lot of Destiny recently too. Yeah. Why none of us mentioned that. Yeah, they had Solstice of Heroes that came out. We kind of grinded on that for a while. It was definitely a grind. gear. Definitely, yeah. right. especially when you're trying to get solar freaking titan kills. Forget <laughs> that crap. Ridiculous. Unfortunately, that one's just buggy. But... Yes. Um, Frank, what have you been playing? Okay, so first of all, disclaimer, I am hammered. Second. <laughs> Great, love this. I've been playing a little, bun- a little bit of Monster Hunter Worlds too. It's been fun. I already oh, shit, played the second it on- one's out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. I've already been playing it on uh, PS4. So, you know, I'm I'm coming in already having a little, little something. So it's fun finally to be able to, like, play with people because I didn't really have anyone to play with on consoles. So it kind of opens up some avenues on that console. Second of all, keep going down the down the armor train. I've been, uh, I've taken the rank of sergeant, and I am now the lead for the assault team. Um, so that's fun. Uh, and I've, I finally got a VR headset. An Oculus Rift. It is amazing. Highly recommend if you have the budget. And I've been playing a lot of hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades, which is a very in-depth like uh, firearm simulator and sort of sandbox. Uh, all the weapons are incredibly detailed down to the their little idiosyncrasies and how they work and everything like that. And um, <clears throat> it's just been a lot of fun for like a firearms nerd like me to just kind of like pick up... Uh, you know, peculiar weapon that you might not see and be like, Oh, this is, how, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is how this works. Yeah. Cool. And there's like tons of modes and, and stuff that you can mess around with. And it's, it's a lot of fun. What's that was called hot dogs. What hot dogs, horseshoes and hand grenades, hot dogs, horseshoes and hand grenades. Okay. Jake, how about you? What have you been playing? Oh, cool. Uh, I finished King hearts one. Uh, the last boss is way more annoying than I remember it being. (laughs) 
Also, the flying controls are a lot worse than I remember them being. <laughs> All the controls in that game are worse. The camera's worse than I remember being. It's on the whole, it like it's the not whole a very great worse. game. <laughs> but hey, you know what? I was like eight, so it was amazing. Uh, so yeah, I finished up that, and I finally got Octopath Traveler. Uh, it's a Switch JRPG, and it's really, really pretty, and I like it a lot so far. I've only played like an hour so far, but... Uh, so the hook for that game, for those of you who don't know, is it's like a JRPG, but you get to pick. There's like a set of eight characters living on the continents, basically shaped like a ring. And you just pick one and they're located somewhere on that ring. And you either go like left or right and you basically recruit all the other characters. And the one I started with was like this little shopkeep in like a small town. And she goes and she like beats the shit out of a bunch of pirates and then decides to go on an adventure. It's really fun. <laughs> I watched a couple of reviews of that because I was thinking about maybe getting it. It seemed like people were upset because it's very, like, disconnected in the different sections that you go to. Mm. Like, you start your quest, and then you move on, and you do, like, something completely separate that's not connected in any way. And, like, none of the other characters, like, interact in any way. Well, that's disappointing. I haven't, I haven't gotten to that part, so I can't really speak okay. to that, but... I don't know. I'm enjoying it so far. It's it got, um, looks good. It's, it's so pretty. Uh, what I like, because I usually am not a huge fan of turn-based combat, but it does kind of like if anyone played the last two Penny Arcade games, mm-hmm. it's got kind of a system where you can like break the enemy's guard, which stuns them for a turn and makes them vulnerable to more damage. Oh. So it's kind of got like an interesting damage mitigation kind of system going on there, which adds like more strategy than just hit with fireball or whatever. Right. The interrupt mechanic was always really good in those games. Yeah, no, I loved those. Uh, Owen, how about you? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Into the Breach, which is nice. the spiritual successor and made by the same guys as FTL. I really like it. I'm bad at it, but I do really like it. <laughs> Game's um, hard. Yeah, it's game hard. Is difficult. And I like that it's hard. I also like that it's very easy to just pick up and put down. I have been like kind of like playing it in between sessions of Overwatch or grouping up with people, and I think it's like a really nice way that you can like spend five, ten minutes, you can do a level, and it's not taking you forever. So that's nice. Uh, the other game that I was trying out was Hunt Showdown, and uh, Alex helped me do some of it, um, and it's just it's just not that great. It's an interesting concept, but. The fact that you have to be a specific level, I think it was something like level 5 or 10, and you level so slowly to before like other people are actually incorporated into your game that like compete against you was kind of a letdown because that seems to be kind of like the point of the game is like, oh, hey, it's PvE, but you're playing against other people in this PvE like environment. And you don't really have that experience until you're 10, 15 hours in. And I just don't care enough to give it that much time. Mm. I think I did about eh, five hours or so. And then I was just like, eh, it's okay of a game. And I don't want to put more effort in just so I could play against other people that probably love it and have figured out all of the nooks and crannies already. And will just beat me to a pulp anyway. So I was like, I'll just stop here. Me and Frank have also played some of that game. I think we had better times than when me and you played. Yeah, 
I like I like it. We actually had some people show up on our game, but it still seemed like it was underpopulated. Yeah, uh, I I, like, I read it's like level twenty one. You start getting full games. Yeah, it's That's so some, many. Some, some yeah. games are like full, and others are are pretty quiet. Either way, I I really like the the atmosphere, and like just when you're sneaking around in the woods, like the game looks really good. So sneaking around places and and things like that, it it can be a lot of fun. Did you touch on optimization? Is it is it better now or it's better I, than when yeah, it came out? Yeah, I haven't. Okay. I haven't had a problem with it. See, it's interesting that you said that. You know, you're like sneaking around because I just literally just went straight in. Like I dead on sprinted to every single point, <laughs> and I just ran past all of the zombies or whatever. And then the second I saw that one was getting too close, I would either just hack or shoot him, and then just keep going. There was no sneaking. I was never immersed in. It. I was just like, okay, this is a thing. It exists. Because I I knew there was no one else in the in the level, so there's nothing to stop me to be like, oh hey, don't make a ton of noise. Other players might hear you. I was like, other players aren't here till level twenty one. It's just me. <laughs> no, I mean other players do show up in your game. Like in the first the first game that I had, I had like ten or twelve other players in there with me. Is, yeah. You don't have full matches though. Yeah. So it'll be hard to find people. <laughs> But we have we came across a couple groups that we mopped up. Mopping them up, good boy. We were fighting that giant spider that one time. <laughs> oh my god, that spider and the other was people terrifying. Came in. There was a deg- another group another of two beer. that came in, <laughs> and like we were fighting this spider, we stopped and then we hunted down these two people that we heard upstairs real quick, killed them, and then went back to fighting the spider again. Oh my god, that was so great. But by and large, it's been really quiet like not many people that i I see in the game so it's kind of disappointing i do like the concept of like having a hero that you you build up with equipment and skills and stuff but they only have one life that is what got me into it is when i'd like someone mentioned that to me and i was like that seems like a great idea that seems interesting it's not exactly a battle royale-esque thing there are other people that try to kill you because you're all after the same objective and then if you die you know, you got to start it over again and you have to level up your guy. And I was like, that seems kind of neat because there's a reason to not engage because maybe you'll end up dead. So you're like, OK, well, I like my dude and I got some loot. So maybe I should just get out of here. Like perma permadeath. Yeah. Rather yeah. than just like losing the game, you lose like your all everything you've progressed so far in that character. That's a pretty sick idea. But I mean, I don't. So the thing is, I don't understand games with their hand holding. Like we had the same issue with Paladins when we were trying to play a week or two ago, a couple weeks ago, maybe when Aaron was below level five on his account. So we couldn't play against regular humans until he got above level five. Which, by the way, I have been playing Paladins long enough that I should not have been below level five. Yeah, but for whatever reason you were and so we had to grind out a bunch of you AI forgot your matches account, didn't you? say what you forgot your account didn't you no i just had to redo my password mm. you sure about that Mm-hmm. yeah okay so pretty sure that you just had to make a new account and that was the whole thing i don't think so i could have i don't know so yeah i don't understand why these games are 
wanting to like handhold people into their ecosystem. You should have like the option to skip the the crap like, that doesn't matter. You got handholding like mobile that. Do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah PUBG, PUBG mobile, mobile does, does it. it too. I was about to say, you got handholding like that, but then you got like official PUBG and like Fortnite where you're literally going to reverse like Shroud and Ninja. Like it doesn't matter. Like the first game could be it. Yeah. Go hard. Does, Dota does the same thing, right? Or is that only for ranked? I think ranked. Dota no. doesn't let you play ranked until you're a certain level. Right. But you can play normal against real people, no like problem. Level 20, right? Okay. Yeah. So. I don't Which know how really long doesn't... it took Abe. How long did it take Abe to get into ranked? Quite a couple months. <laughs> yeah. It was like it eight months or something. It took a little while. Um, speaking of Dota, let's jump into some video game things. Uh, international 2018 group stages started yesterday. Actually, Woo! yeah, yesterday. I just um, wooed. <laughs> I don't know. Is that Frank? <laughs> I felt like he wooed earlier. <laughs> um, one thing I just wanted to note because we talk about uh, on occasion just viewership on this podcast uh they had 5.9 million peak viewers yesterday which is kind of cool until you go look at the numbers and you realize that excluding chinese viewership 884,000 people watch the international um like wow. the vast majority is chinese that's yeah. a lot of chinese people 5.2 million people yep so it's just crazy i mean they have all these statistics and like you know, it it doesn't seem like it's going to be that lopsided, but clearly uh, they have a high number of viewership. They got a lot of teams, and it's it's uh, East year. It's it's China's year to win the international. So going by the the perceived cal- back and perceived forth calendar back and yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, so international just started. Uh, let's see the. Tournaments in Vancouver this year, and I think when's the finals? It's Saturday or Sunday next week. I think it's mm, Saturday. Probably Sunday. Sunday. Probably. I'm guessing. Um, we're at twenty four point five million total prize pool. It's just a few dollars. First Which, place is going to walk home with almost eleven million at this point. Just a reminder that even though first place is going to walk home with 11 million, Valve is walking home with, uh, let's see, essentially 75 million dollars. <laughs> yeah, going to say a lot it's more. Just a reminder. Tournament fees and costs. Yeah, it's a little bit ridiculous. What I always love to see is that last place is going to get 61 thousand dollars. So That's just going bad. there and just losing immediately, you still get over 60 grand what for your team. We went there. And lost. <laughs> You'd have to qualify, which is okay. the real problem. Uh, also, okay. have you ever been Enjoy pounded it. into dirt before? <laughs> <laughs> For $61,000, you can pound me into a lot of things. Oh, God also, dang. The crazy- <laughs> oh, wow. The crazy thing about Dota is the pro scene, like, doesn't change a lot. Like, a lot of the people that you saw playing even in TI1 are still the people playing now. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the granted, they get more teams and there are underdogs that show up, but it's basically like just all of the pro teams just kind of, sw- especially now, they just swap uh, pro players and then they'll come back with another team the next year. So it's not like a, not a, a lot of new people show up. Yeah, there's like a handful of new people every year. Every once in a while, a team will take a risk on like some young startup that they want. Like they want the young kids that have the reflexes to play mid or whatever, like the year um, EG took Sumail. A- yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I am the white dandy. Yeah. 
Um, let's talk about a couple other video game things. Uh, Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, Jake, is this you? Yeah. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> it's just a guess, really. Just random guess. I just pointed at a name and mumble. Man, this game looks hella lit, though. It like... looks pretty sick. Can you describe it again for those who don't remember what I it is? I can. So it is half dungeon crawler, like top-down hack-and-slash dungeon crawler, and the other half, I guess, dating sim, where you date your swords. In because order to make them better, right? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, they announced their first stretch goal. Uh, they hit it, I guess I should say. Uh, it's a scythe that turns into a non-gendered person who was designed by the guy who made Hadful Boyfriend, which is the pigeon dating simulator. Oh, wow. I didn't know that part. <laughs> I did. <laughs> He's got like a little white raven on his shoulder, and it looks really cool. And the one they're adding right before him is a set of brass knuckles that turns into a cat. Yeah? <laughs> that is correct. That you can wow. date. It's going to be such a good game, guys. You don't even know. <laughs> hey, Jake. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you and your wonderful dating sims. By all means. Uh, what the fuck was Sweet Fantasy and why did I watch you play it today? I don't know. I can't control what you watch. <laughs> <laughs> you I knew just... what it was when you looked at it. It's called was... Sweet Fantasy. I was confused <laughs> from the start to the end. I have no idea what happened. There was just like anime plant people being weirdly sexy. And I was like, all right, I don't know what this is. I've suddenly found myself erect. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll do it for the podcast. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> bye, everybody. Listen, after watching any amount of Panzer Madles, like, oh god, it doesn't matter what you watch at that point. I feel like it's just like, okay, this is this is a Jake game. This is happening. Yeah. Is it a dating sim? Eh, Jake probably has played it. Yeah. Well, it's got to be a dating sim with some weird twist. If it's just a normal dating sim, I mean, who yeah, wants to true. play that's that? That's true. Fun. Gotta be tanks or pigeons. Yeah, pigeons Jake, good. Jake Weapons, sits there and he's swords, like, "Look, I can yeah. get swords. women. I need tanks and like <laughs> mythical <laughs> beings. <laughs> I need stuff that's unattainable to me and my my, my skills." I'm Jake. I know what well. can I say? <laughs> I've always wanted to date a tiger MK32. Let's get to see like how weird they can go, like. After the pigeon and tank and all that, let's just. I can't Gildos. even think of anything. How about swords? Yeah, yeah swords are pretty good. <laughs> Packages of cups and noodles. It's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> if they haven't made that yet, we should make it. Jake, Caleb, get on it. Yeah, yeah making, making games, games is easy. easy. That's right. That's right. Words never came out of my mind. Quote Caleb. Game, it's not that Quote bad. Caleb. Incorrect quote. Uh, speaking of games that are being made, um, maybe not easy, Fallout 76. Uh, yeah. Somebody wrote on here, we want to talk I a did. little bit about multiplayer. Is that you, Owen? Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I, t I put in the Fallout 76 because I was watching their press conference that they had over at QuakeCon. Um, I think that's the name of it, right? Um, and they seemed, I think everyone's worry about it was the multiplayer and how all of that would work. And they explained a lot more of it in detail. Uh, over their little conference and I feel like they really thought out the multiplayer experience to a way that it's not going to be detrimental or mm. to make people frustrated they're gonna have to do something pretty impressive to make multiplayer in a fallout game not frustrating for people who love fallout so they have 
they, they've so like one of the things that they mentioned was that in order to like engage in PvP against somebody, basically they will shoot at you and it'll do a little tiny bit of damage. And then if you shoot them back, it then starts the PvP and then your weapons will do full damage against each other. But if they do a little bit of damage to you and you don't want to shoot you know, you don't want to fight, you just want to, you know, continue on your merry way, maybe you're walking back to your base, you don't have to shoot at them, you can just walk back to your base. And oh. Okay, so proposition. Like, th that's <laughs> it. They, and, like, let's, the one of the other things they did was they had it so that way you can even turn off you being able to initiate the fight. So that's let's bullshit. say, let's say you find, you know, a monster that you want to kill. And you're going to start shooting at this monster, and this dude that wants to shoot you, like, just dives in front of the bullets. If you have your thing turned off, it doesn't matter that he's di uh, dived in front of the bullets, because your bullets don't initiate the fight. So you can turn, you can have a way that you can see other players, and they're in your world, but they will not be able to severely affect what's going on. Now, let's say you are in a fight with a monster... And you're pretty beat up, you're pretty weak, and some guy comes over and does his little itty bitty amount of damage to you, and that actually does kill you. Well, then he becomes this giant marker on the map, and he's marked as a murderer. Everybody sees where he is. Everybody gets loot to kill him from his own stash of stuff, and he, has, he gets nothing to, from killing you from that little itty bitty amount of damage. And after hearing that, I was like, I feel like they really thought about how to make this game in a way that it's not going to be super frustrating that, like, you know, oh, I just looted this entire cave, and then I died. Because or, some dude was just, like, waiting outside and being a dick. So just essentially sound, preventing it, trolling. It, yeah. Th th this sounds like... This this don't sound like Fallout to me. Fallout is hard as fuck, dude. You know how many fucking skeletons you find in buildings and shit? <laughs> that that's just like other players, dude. They like they went in there and then fucking like Johnny McShotgun face like was just waiting for him outside the entrance. <laughs> it definitely does. And seem it was like, like boom. It, there's like, a it, lot look, of it, Fallout is a hard ass motherfucking place. Post apocalypse. There's like you know like ice cream stands and deadly robots fucking everywhere. And if you don't want to be in that, you can play Fallout 3. Well, I think that there's still going to be difficulties. Like, it definitely sounds like some of the monsters that show up and, like, attack in uh, settlements or are roaming around and stuff like that are not going to be able to be dealt with by just you. And that yeah, you're I going mean, to like, need to group up with people. Like, if you see this guy, you either run or you get your friends over to you quick. Yeah, I mean, like, it. it people that play Fallout especially in a multiplayer capacity that are afraid of like getting killed and, and losing all their stuff are probably coming to fall out for like either just the story elements or a power fantasy where like the power fantasy aspect does not fit in to the sort of lore where it's like everybody's, you know, like you're literally using bottle caps as currency and bottled water is worth like so much freaking money. It's a hard-ass place, dude. Back in Ultima Online, one of the first MMOs, your character died once, that was it. The, uh, the guy, 
I'm trying to remember what his position is, but he's one of the main leads for Fallout 76, is the guy that uh, did the multiplayer for Ultima Online. Bullshit. Yep. Wow. What a coincidence. That's crazy. <laughs> Let me mention this game. This specific example of this really old game, and it's like, oh yeah, that, that guy totally worked on this. Yeah, that guy that worked on that is currently working on this, and he was the one that was like, hey, I want this to be able to be a thing that everyone that can be able to enjoy so and you I, play it your own way are you talking about richard garriott uh i don't know almost what? certainly not he's so, a very skinny looking man with white hair that's all i remember from the press conference unless he so calls himself what's... lord british i don't think it's richard garriott oh man <laughs> I, I watched like a half an hour video about the death of lord british like not too long ago it was very intense there's like all these little scraps of clues and everything from old message boards and like some people had this really grainy footage of like somebody being able to kill him and stuff like anyway the <laughs> thing is everything owen described about how it's gonna play sounds exactly like the division like yeah every everything you said sounds exactly like the dark zone and the division that's good because everyone liked the division <laughs> <laughs> everybody had so many problems with how that works <laughs> that's a big ass question mark there jake wait so, but in the division, like, um, you you didn't interact with players at all when you were in the dark zone, like you didn't right. see them. You you would pass by them on the street, but specifically the dark zone is what I'm talking about, not the division oh, okay. as not a whole. The division, okay. So just specifically, the... that's how it worked in the dark zone. You shot somebody, they have to shoot you back in order to enter. No, no. So it was a one way street. Okay. I, yeah. So, but the thing is, is they had to turn on like the you can't accidentally shoot people to like set off your your um mar the mark thing that shows up on the map that everybody says like you're a murderer going and everything rogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. going rogue yeah so like you could like people would try to like run in front of your guns to like set off your rogue status and then they could shoot you without any penalty because if you shot somebody you you were penalized essentially for it mm. but also it was encouraged it was super weird they were they were trying to balance like having it be viable to want to try to kill other players, but also having it be fun for people that don't want to engage in that and like have them not just get murdered all the time by people that wanted to just kill people. And I don't think you can have it both ways. It's, it's not, it's all or nothing, do. dude. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's possible, but I think especially with the different servers and the way that their Bethesda is going about this, I, I'm looking at it as an optimistic point of view of they've thought this out and it's not just going to be like a clusterfuck of trolling and nuking everybody. Like it's actually going to be fairly well balanced from what I can see. Um, and even just the deaths that may happen in the game regularly when, now, not against other players, but against just the elements that are out there, since, you know, there is no, oh, hey, let me just save it and go back to that save. You know, if you die, there is consequences. I, I feel like they very, uh, they, they looked at what is some refer to as Portnow's postulate, and were like, yeah, we don't want our players being frustrated, so what can they lose that doesn't make them super frustrated from death? Like, that they'll be, oh, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this thing because it'll probably end up making me die. Mm -hmm. And I did, so... I did hear about the nukes and how they're 
not like trolling devices like they actually have a gameplay function and like so like when you launch them wherever they land it creates like a radiation zone that's going to spawn like high level stuff and it's like dangerous to be in there and also you don't necessarily want to drop it where other players have built their bases to just destroy their stuff because they'll spawn there and be able to get the high level stuff before you can so you kind of want to put it in like a dead area where you can get over there first and like collect the stuff before anybody else can. Well, not only that, but also you're like, oh, I want to mess this person up by destroying their you know house and everything. You have any of your camps that you make, you can save as a blueprint. So then when you set up camp again, you can just build off of that blueprint so, like, okay, cool, you've destroyed my house with this nuke, I'll just move over there, click two buttons, my house is back. Like, it yeah, seems like it's a lot of... apocalypse works. It, it just seems <laughs> like a lot of effort for you to try to target a single person and destroy their base, for them to then just be able to rebuild it almost simultaneously. <laughs> I don't know, it seems good and bad. Yeah, because it also to, seems kind of lame the, that they can just rebuild it like that. Yeah, trying to balance it so that way every single individual player's play, like game experience is a positive one does not fit in line with a lot of the aspects of the Fallout universe. Like in Elder Scrolls, sure, I could get that. But in Fallout, I don't know. Also, Fallout is just, I mean, when you think Fallout, you think traditionally a single-player open-world very much linear storyline. I mean, you do have clearly a lot of um, yeah, side quests you can do, but, but I mean, that's how you play the game, and that's what you have an ex- expectation for. So when you take that and you try to morph it into something different, it does feel like, you know, especially when, like, there's a lot of conversation right now about who was it? Was it EA who was saying, like, hey, you know, linear first person single player games don't make money anymore. People don't want them. And yeah, yet, this year we had God of War come out, which is. Clearly going to be a game of the year for several people on this podcast. The best first-person shooter. <laughs> and and then we have like the opposite side of this where the approach is, okay, if everybody's thinking that that is the case, then, well, let's just morph the game into something that we can attract more people to. And I get that, you know, I mean, you're trying to sell video games, trying to make money. I mean, they're a business. But at the same time, like, they're definitely taking it from something what it was into something, a realm that does not necessarily feel like it should exist. And maybe we'll be surprised. I mean, that would be great. I would love to have something where I could go play Fallout with somebody else and it would be interesting. Yeah, I love. I, I would just love to play some janky-ass first-person shooter controls. <laughs> yeah, they also explained how VATS uh, work. Yeah, how VATS going to work in it. Yeah, Which I thought was interesting of that. I hate VATS. VATS will still work. <laughs> it doesn't slow down time, though. It is happening in real time. And what? It, it targets the player's body unless you get a specific perk that will then be able to um, pick specific like body points. So I think there's like a perk that like it aims more towards the head. So then if you put in that perk in your tiny little like your perk tree thing out of all of the cards, um, when you hit the VATS button, there's it'll just cards. start auto shooting at the person's head. Or body, That's depending weird. on what. I think okay, it was so, interesting. So it's PvP combat with dice rolls? <laughs> I mean, you like. can, Why don't we just add some initiative in there? You use VATS. Roll they were like, yeah, you can just shoot at people. For you what it's just... worth, in VATS, I mean, like, 
Did you guys actually use vats when you played Fallout? Somewhat. Only I when only much. when I was only when I was balls deep into a bad Freaking, situation. Yes, yeah. That's the only time I'd use it. I'm like, I'm gonna lose to this enemy, and then I'm like, wait, what's the button to pull up vats again? Oh yeah. That's I the only time the mysterious stranger shows up things. and you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when I would start a fight, I would use vats to be like, okay, headshot this person, headshot that person, headshot that person, no headshot that person, go. I just headshot and then just boom, 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 grab boom. my gun and I just shoot him in the head. Like at that point, what what is the point of it being a first person shooter? Yeah, when shit hits the fan, and then I got to start shooting everybody else. See, exact scenario where everybody else is using bats. Yeah, but the reason why you use that and you're in over your head is because the controls are so friggin' jacked up that you're like, <laughs> I, I I have the skill. I played Doom. <laughs> I think it's cool that it's in because it allows. I mean, it's one game that people that want to play it in different styles can all come to it and get, like, different experiences. That's true. Yeah, the developers were mentioning that basically the usefulness of VATS in multiplayer wasn't to try to get headshots on people or anything like that, but it was more of if you get hit and you're trying to figure out where you're getting hit from, you hit the VATS trigger, your guy, like, spins around or wherever the enemy is and fires at them, and then you know, oh, I have to shoot in this direction. And then you just go from there. So it seems like more of kind of like an aim assist a little bit to just be like, shoot that way. And you're like, okay, cool. And then you just go from there. Isn't that what a health hit indicator is for? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It'll be interesting, definitely. Like, I'm going to reserve judgment. It is a mechanic that really, I don't think we have in any other first person shooter style games that are multiplayer. Unless you're hacking. Well, (laughs) <laughs> that's true valid point maybe, maybe it'll come out and it'll be like the greatest game ever made I doubt Wait, it I don't know because <laughs> there's a character that has that ability yeah, I just what? I just want to like I feel like <laughs> 76 is just getting a lot of like <laughs> negative rap and everyone's like it's Which, gonna suck are you talking about soldier 87 in, in paladins Uh, Let's talk about a couple other video game things, um, stepping away from Fallout. Uh, One of which is uh, Red Dead 2 recently came out with a gameplay trailer. Did it come out this week? It was last week. Last week. I meant to watch that today. I haven't haven't watched watched it. It it looks pretty good. It looks gorgeous. I bet. That much is for sure. I mean, was okay, I guess it was a gameplay trailer. Sometimes I feel like those are like, yeah, this is totally an engine. And then the game comes out (laughs) and it's like, okay, guys. I, no. <laughs> I mean, it does come out really shortly, right? Like this year. Yeah, yeah September, it's, it's coming out this year. September. September. Oh, what? Yeah, so. Presumably what specifically, it's... trailer-wise, I mean, other than how good it looks? There's guns. interesting. I mean, mostly it just really pretty. Is it the uh, traditional Rockstar trailer where there's like a nice lady talking over it and explaining things to you? No. There was no, some of that. Was. There was some of that, and I think in the combat trailer. It's not like, because I remember when GTA 5 was coming out, there was the, all these trailers where it was like a, a pleasant female voice being like, Welcome to Grand Theft Auto 5. In, in Grand this Theft world, Auto 5, oh, crap. you'll be yeah, able to pay hookers to suck Actually, your dick. Is there really? <laughs> in the beginning, yeah. I totally just forgot that, yes, this is Rockstar's first real game since GTA V. Ow. That is just... 
In Red Dead 2, you'll be able to bang hookers while hunting bears. <laughs> At the same time, really? Simultaneously. First time to the next generation technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that game's going to be good already. Yeah. But I, I will watch that trailer at some point. Looks pretty sick. Uh, let's talk about uh, Iron Wolf. Frank, is this you? I feel like this is you. Yeah, that's me. Um, so again, getting into the uh, the VR world since I'm finally dipping my toes in. Um, Iron Wolf VR is this recent game that came out that's kind of like uh, a World War II U-boat simulator that's uh, that can be co-op or single player. Uh, with tons of like there's a campaign and then also random missions uh where it's kind of like uh what star trek bridge commander wanted it wanted to be where it's like everybody has a role and if you don't do your role nobody else can do theirs so and everything in the game is is very tactile you know back in world war ii all they had were like switches valves and like knobs and hatches and all this all this stuff so all that feels very good just like flipping switches closing hatches and you're like doing all this stuff furiously trying to load torpedoes and and uh it's it's definitely very atmospheric um like diving down to to really far depths and just hearing your submarine creak and like you can hear the sonar from the ships that are looking for you getting closer and you're like, oh my God. Like it's 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 very intense. Sounds like a Frank VR game. Yeah, baby. Somehow <laughs> you you do. You end up playing VR games and I'm like, first of all, I've never heard of that game. Second of all, it has some sort of milsim to it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I mean but it's I naval warfare, that, but yeah. Okay. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, couple hey, it's of on things. sale on the Humble Store. Is it really? Yes. 15 bucks. A oh. couple other things in video game world. Uh, whoever removes Super Smash, why are we not talking about Super Smash? We should be talking about Super Smash. Okay, fine. We can talk about Super Smash. I was just, just trying to cut down Because some... the primary thing I wanted to talk about with Super Smash is um, the fact that they are doing their Ultimate Limited Edition with a freaking GameCube controller in the box. <laughs> yep. So people Brennan's can actually play that, that game. Yeah, That's for sure. Every system uh, they put a Smash on, they have to release a GameCube controller. I, I, this is how you play a Smash. <laughs> That's right. That's how you play a Smash. Yes. On the best controller ever designed. <laughs> Except that, no. I don't know what it Except is, but it just works for that game. It, it does. It, it's, it's really, really good. Well designed for Smash games. Plus well everybody for Animal Crossing. Them. It's smashing, if you will. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, good. Smash. Who, who had wrote sequel port or both next to uh, it? I did because we've had this argument at work of is it a port? Is it a sequel? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm in the camp of it's definitely a sequel. Yeah. I'm in the camp of I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I think it's a <laughs> sequel, but uh, one of my coworkers has argued that it's a port. It's just a port of every single game into one. Why would That's they do that work. for. Yeah. Why would they, I mean, if they have the best-selling console, I'm, I mean, it's like they've surpassed a lot of the other consoles, right, in terms of sales. I don't know yeah. if they're number one, but yeah. I don't know if they're surpassed, do but they're fastest selling, they're, probably. They're definitely yeah. okay, fastest. killing That's it. That's what it is. That's what it is. Why would you, if that's the case, be like, okay, let's just port over this old version of Super Smash? 
I mean, it's just they've every done it with other games. They, they're too busy, like, but counting their bills and stroking their dick at the same yeah. time to go and develop a game, so. What, I mean, they're like, ah, like, port it. What super, like, uh, nintendo S games have they ported over that, like, they definitely should not have? I mean, you Twilight said they've Princess. done... I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say they shouldn't have, but they, they've done it a bunch with the Switch. Like, the I think the biggest one is Mario Kart, which is just a... Yeah. It's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I think is what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. It's just Mario Kart 8 from the previous generation console with, like... All of the DLC and bonus stuff, or whatever. That's just put it sad. On the, put on the next one. That is instead just of making sad. it in Mario Kart. But yeah, I mean, Smash Ultimate is in no form of the definition a port because it's it's not a direct move from one game to another. So that kind of like even if you want to say it's from a port of many different games into one, it's not even a port then because they have a bunch of like core mechanics and like movement stuff that has been changed. So it's not, it's not even going to play identically to any of the other ones. Yeah. I'm just glad that they're adding as much stuff as they are. I mean, just having all of your old favorite maps, all of your old favorite characters. Now they got the Castlevania boys showing up in it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm about this. The stages is what does it for me. I mean, if you look at their, even if you go to the website and just look at the stages that they have and the, like just the quantity, like all the stages from and all then the you games, you can meld them together so you can be fighting on both. You can make like stage playlists or whatever, and they like transition mid combat. Yeah. So many things that they thought of have made it so it's, it's, cool. It's insane. Echo fighters. So like traditionally, you would have. Um, in older Smash games, you'd have like Ganondorf and uh, Falcon, and you'd be like, "These two characters are almost the same, but they have small differences." Like Ganondorf's heavier, he hits harder, but he's slower. And so they've taken that concept to an extreme and made something called Echo Fighters, where they have a bunch of those types of heroes, but they're like stacked on top of each other instead of like their own individual mm. heroes, I guess. Or you can like splay them out and say like you have a lot more characters than you actually do. But like you have a Peach and Daisy, you have like Samus and Dark Samus. Like there's a whole bunch of examples of that now, which is really I thought, cool. I thought you were gonna like go to the extent of like, yeah, they they went to extremes and now it takes Ganondorf for approximately two minutes to throw <laughs> a <in the> punch. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Like, um, like, hold on, guys, I gotta just wait. <sighs> So just to kind of wrap up video games, we were already talking about limited edition things. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 is coming out with a definitive edition. Yeah, uh, which on I, 31st. I, yeah, this month. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. What exactly, I didn't hear about this until very recently. I don't know when I know they announced really, it. I know they're doing a lot of tweaks to gameplay, but I mean, what else is, are they planning on adding to it? Does anybody know? So from what I've been reading... They say it's like 30 hours worth of like changes or and or additions that mostly take place in the third act. Mm-hmm. Is so, the third act weak? Uh, it's well, the shortest I think there were believe. complaints about how everything wrapped up and they wanted yeah. to flesh it out some. Oh, okay. And apparently one of the characters arcs is just not good in the final part. 
So they've made his a lot, his section a lot better. Do you think they'll remove that valve that kills you when you touch it? (laughs) Probably. I would love that. (laughs) Or maybe just put a sign on it that's like, "Hey, the switch kills you. Don't touch it." Or just put a book right next to it that's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go and touch this valve." Yeah, dead body right next to it. That'd be perfect. Like anything other than here's a valve. You think they'll (laughs) fix that unwinnable fight? Uh, on the first island with that person who just creates lava <laughs> over, and over and over and over and over and over oh and over God. and never gets stunned, frozen, nothing, just nothing affects her. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, that's part of the game's charm, right? The lava <laughs> woman. On occasion, you're like, oh. So yeah, they said the late game has been largely rewritten, and so they have like 130,000 new words and about 150,000 things uh, words that were changed. Is wow. their word counts? So the additional words is equivalent to basically like a fantasy novel, if you compare it to like a book. Are they adding That's voice crazy. acting for all that too? Uh, yeah, I would guess so. I, I think they're voice, voice acting acted. for a bunch of it, not everything. Not like yeah, some changes and stuff. It, but. There wasn't anything in the game that wasn't <laughs> voice acted, was there? <clears throat> I mean, books and stuff, I guess. But well, yeah, I mean, books, in terms but... of actual dialogue, yeah, it was all voice yeah, acted. Yeah, everything. Also Even the characters. Even like the um, like the narrated stuff, like that nobody was actually speaking. There's like a narrator. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, some of the internal stuff between the characters wasn't really voiced, but pretty much anything that you're selecting isn't voiced generally. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. They they're also doing like a bunch of like UI and tweaks and like a bunch of other tweaks, small tweaks. So seems That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to talk about some board game stuff, which I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who put anything in board games. That's okay. Um, I mean, you put the one thing that I wanted to talk about in board games. I'm Pathfinder, which, you know, there's not going to be a lot to talk about, considering we have not played yet, but we've read the book. So, yeah, I mean, Caleb, tell us about Pathfinder. How's it going? (laughs) Okay. Um, it looks pretty okay. Man, I want to play that game so bad. (laughs) Yeah, I really want to try it out and see how it works. I really like the core mechanic system, like the three actions and one reaction. Love that system. I think it's going to be awesome. We'll have to wait and find out, I suppose. But um, there's a lot of places that don't seem particularly interesting. Like skill feats are pretty lackluster. Yeah. Um, but I think when the original Pathfinder core book came out, a lot of that and a lot of the stuff in that was pretty lackluster too. I'm sure it was. And they added stuff, so much cool stuff since then. So I'm sure they'll be adding a bunch of cool stuff. But it seems like people are hating the resonance point system. Makes sense. Which mm. I think they put in there as like a, we don't know if this is going to be good, but we're going to try it out and see what people think. But I don't know that that's actually going to make it through to the end of the playtest in its current state. I feel state. like it could work with some modification. What's weird to me is yeah. like, okay, so I think we've talked about resonance before, but basically use resonance to use like magic items. And you also need to like equip magic items. The weird thing to me, though, is that, like, things like wands still have a number of uses. So, like, even yeah. though you're spending resources to use it, it still has, like, a limited number of uses. Right. And, like, the worst example to me is, like, Alchemist. So, like, Alchemist has to spend resonance to make, like, let's say, a healing potion at the start of the day. Then if I give you that healing potion, you have to spend resonance to use it. So two yeah. people have to Whoa. pour resonance into this item. Yeah, I know. That's crazy that doesn't town, really right? make any sense. Also, Alchemist's core like mechanic is focused around resonance points, which is like a thing that all classes have. And that's 
that doesn't seem like very good design. Yeah, word on the street is that Alchemist is not very good <laughs> because they're all of their things are based on a very aggressively limited resource. Yeah. And like once you run out, it's not like, oh, well, I'll just do this thing. You know, you're not like a fighter where even if you run out of your cool move, you still have a sword. Mm -hmm. Alchemist sucks at anything that's not alchemy. So when you run out of alchemy, you just go home. <laughs> That's the adventure, you know. You just become yeah, a commoner. It would, be, yeah. it would make it better, I think, if they added like a essentially like cantrips for alchemists. Yes, like cantrip bombs. I that don't know cool. why they have not done that. That would like, be very. That would be a good idea. They added idea. scaling cantrips for Caleb, every spellcaster. You should spell probably caster. just. You should probably just apply for a job there. You can. You can just start filling that, in all I'm of actually, the problems. I'm actually very pleased with that. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> Dude, call them up. Just a slight <laughs> question about the pathfinders because i know you guys have mentioned it on this podcast and the last one about just how some classes are going to be very bad or unplayable and i'm curious with the original pathfinder did they ever like update it you know did they fix it give it like a 2.1 kind of thing i mean yeah monk was a poopy <laughs> garbage and then they introduced unchained monk which fixed Pretty much every problem Monk had. Yeah, more so, or less. So, so are, we're expecting at some point for them to just be like, hey, I mean, this these is also the playtest. So, yeah. like, pretty much everyone's agreed Alchemist is going to get completely reworked or something about it is yeah, going to change they, drastically. Gotcha. They clearly didn't realize how painful it was going to be to play that class yeah. when they put it out. Which is really disappointing because I read, yeah. like, just the flavor around it and, like, the cool kind of bombs neat. and stuff. It seems so cool. But. The more I was like trying to figure out how I was going to build the character, I just kept on like figuring out it was going to be such a pain in the neck to play. Yeah, yeah. I, I think was like, they, I can't. If they make it a little bit less resource dependent, like give you something to fall back on, or give you like a lot more of the resource, or just something, I mm -hmm. think it could be a lot of fun. But as is, I mean, even they released like an update for just like. Whoops, we wrote all the wrong words in this part. <laughs> yeah. Alchemist had like five or ten because it was just like, we said you got four things, you get eight things. We said common extracts, we meant any extract you can use. Like, they just fucked up writing it in a bunch yeah. of different places, so that didn't help. Hmm. Or they there didn't some and classes... they realized those were some really simple changes to make it more they... playable. Yeah, also They possible. put out the, those updates already? Yeah, yeah it, it's okay. mostly minor stuff, but yeah, the one that you said about common things is I remember huge. you talking about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. because the way it reads in the book, you can just never use a lot of the skills that yeah, the alchemist it, has. It was yeah. borderline useless until that's they updated when you, it. That's when you go with rules as intended, not rules as written. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they've added, they've added a couple classes that I, I really like what they did with them. Uh, the fighter feels so i think jake described it well by saying it's techie because mm -hmm. he has all these that has a bunch of different moves and some of them can only be used as like the first move of a round or the final move of a round and it makes him feel really just cool as opposed to pathfinder one where he's just the class that gets some extra feats that's his whole thing yay yeah and it then was... sorcerer seems great like they made sorcerer feel like a sorcerer now I think with the bloodline with the, the yeah. different spell. It's kind of weird. So sorcerer's thing in 1.0 was that they didn't know a lot of spells, but boy, they could cast them like 50 times. Like they could just cast and cast and cast. Now they get exactly, well, they actually technically get less castings per day than a wizard. So like 
it was kind of disappointing for me to read Sorcerer and then read Wizard because I was like, oh man, Sorcerer looks really good. And then I read Wizard and I was like, oh, this seems better. Just generally. So that was kind of upsetting to me. Yeah, I'm curious if any of the bloodlines are enough to bring it on um, par. Do they, I mean, do they regularly... We, we spent a lot of time talking about um, this last week, so we won't spend too much time, more time, but do they, do they regularly make updates to the playtests as they're going? Like, I believe they're going to. I was going to say, so far they've already released one, and it's been out for, like, what, two weeks or something like that? Two weeks, like exactly, yeah. Wow, okay, spooky. But yeah. I think they'll do a decent job. The forums are popping, so that's always nice to see. Yep. Well, I mean, when you have a game that has as big as player base as this does, it's <laughs> kind of yeah. hard not to listen to your fan base. It's true. Right. How long is um, it going to be in playtest? Do we know? I think a full year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I said that before. I'm not convinced anymore. Oh, shit. <laughs> I feel like some of the stuff that they've talked about suggests that it's going to be shorter than that. Well, whatever. I mean, whatever. But I guess we'll find out. Uh, a couple other things in board game realm I wanted to kind of mention. Number one, um, Oregon Trail is getting a new board game. For some reason, it is exclusive to Target. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, all real gamers go to Target. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? There's actually been a major resurgence in board games at, at Target. Like in a couple other like major retail stores, you wouldn't expect. You like walk in there and they'll have like Betrayal sitting on a shelf. Hmm. And you're like, whoa, okay, all right, fine. I guess I'll peruse the board games for a second. So uh, it looks interesting. Um, board game not not uh, not related to the card game that came out, I think, like two years ago. Um, so it looks interesting. But number two, I talk about this freaking every week. But Pandemic Legacy is so freaking good, and I really want you guys to play it. Yeah, we'll how play good. it someday. So I can freaking no, but, no, talk like, about how good. How Dude, good? I think it's my favorite game board game I've ever played. Um, it's pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Big, well, I, I'll, I'll give it a couple of caveats. Number one, I've never played a legacy game before. This is my first one. So but there weren't you know, there weren't a lot of options before, were there? Like the only other one true. I knew of was Risk. Well, there were a couple. Yeah, which Seafall, Risk. I was going to say Risk um, sucks dick. <laughs> there was another one too. Uh, Netrunner has a has a legacy version. Um, but so th- that's one thing. It was my first playthrough of a of a legacy game, but. I just thought it was so well written and you know I played with a couple of people who had never even heard of a legacy game in general had no idea what it was when I had to explain to them that we had to play 12 to 24 games depending on if we won or lost every month consecutively with the same four players and the map changed every time I think their brains exploded <laughs> um, so that was exciting to see but the game did so many things that I did not expect um, and you know I'm not going to spoil anything but it it just does it just changes what you play as pandemic into something that is so much deeper and has a lot more levels and you know when 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 what you do impacts a game so drastically as when you play a legacy game it's just really fun to play and i thought it was interesting Janae and and missy went back and played like regular pandemic like a week ago and they were so bored with it they were like this is not even not even fun they're like the players are over or the characters are overpowered at that point, we'd played so much Pandemic that we could pretty much easily win the base game. So, yeah. it, I just, if you have, like, freaking start playing that game, it's so well done. The second one is basically a continuation of Season 1. So, like, you don't, you don't use the same board, but the continuation is the storyline. So, 
Uh, speaking of other uh, legacy things I wanted to talk about as well, um, Rob Davio, I think that's how you say his name, Davio, Davio. Just commit to it. Oh. Uh, he <laughs> is the guy who wrote Betrayal, but he also, I did not know this, is the guy who wrote Pandemic Legacy, he wrote Seafall, and he wrote Risk Legacy. Wow, so, okay, go guy. Yeah, he has done a lot of things. He was at Dice Tower Con. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. Whatever that is, <laughs> never heard of it, but apparently there is a con for Dice Towers. That's that's I mean, a thing. Why not? Why not? No, that's right. Uh, but anyway, he gave like a 48-minute talk on Betrayal Legacy, and I was listening to a little bit of it the other day, and one of the parts he talks about is just like how they developed the game in mind, because he's talking about he has all this legacy background from games that he's worked on in the past, but Betrayal holds such a special place for him, and because it's such a weird game in that no one he's ever played with plays by the same rules <laughs> um, because they always have some disagreement as to how it's played and he'll be like no no that, that's not what's in the rule book and they'll go look at the rule book and it's like one of them is incorrect because you know it's like it's that's a big rule book and there's a lot of things you have to look at when you play that game yeah um but the, the really interesting thing i think about this legacy version of a game is you it's a it's a 13 month playthrough plus you have a prologue and he explains, he's like, that would have been 14 months, but that's not very spooky, so we just called it a prologue. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and it takes place from, like, I don't even remember, like, the mid-1600s until 2004 or something. So, I think I've explained this before. You kind of play as families, like, consecutive characters in a family, depending on if you survive or die or age or whatever. Um, but you play through 14 haunts, and then when you're done playing the last haunt, there's still... Uh, 36 more haunts in the box and you now have a betrayal game that you play like as base betrayal with no legacy changes but the game itself is different than anybody else's game because what modifications you've made to the board what modifications you've made to things like your event deck and your omen deck um, mm. modifications you've made to characters permanent stat changes all of that is just then starting mechanics for the base game that you will then get to play from that point on That's which i think yeah it's neat because you know the one thing we talk about pandemic legacy is i love playing it i probably would play it again but i know exactly what's going to happen and there's no real replayability at this point so the i'm just going to frame the board i think just because it looks cool at this point but <laughs> the idea that uh they're going to take betrayal and be like all right look you're finished with the legacy have fun playing this completely unique game because there's no way anybody's going to have exactly what you have. How many people do you think are actually going to get to that point? I mean, it's supposed to take you 12 months to get through Pandemic Legacy. It took six months or it took four months for us to get through the first half and then one month to play the additional uh, 12 games in order to beat the entire series. So, you know, it's like when you're watching a Netflix series and you're like, Three quarters of the way through, and you're like, I can't, I can't stop watching this. I can't wait any longer. I'm just going to stay up till 3 a.m. and stream every last episode till it's over. Wait, That's... so you guys did one and two? No, we've just played one. Okay. How many games did you end up playing of it? Uh, I think we played 16, no, 17 games. 16 or 17 wow, so games. so you only lost like five times? Yeah, we didn't lose a lot. We lost a lot towards the end. We already lost one. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? We and then we stopped playing. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I think uh, Betrayal Legacy actually comes out this November, so I'm super freaking duper pumped about that. Yeah. A uh, couple other things before we hop off of here. Film stuff. Has anybody actually seen Mission Impossible yet? Nope. No. Not at all. This is I, funny. 
I don't know that I have any interest in seeing the new Mission Impossible, if I'm being totally honest here. Really? Oh, man. Yeah. Just, did you not like the last ones? They were, like, fine. I don't know. I don't even remember what was the last one I saw. It might have only been three. Wow! You've missed two of the better Mission Impossible, then. Apparently. Ghost Protocol and, uh, what was the other one called? Oh, Rogue Nation. Yeah, no, Rogue just Nation. that name alone was enough for me to be like, eh, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Okay, fine. I actually haven't seen it either. There. I just didn't know if anybody actually went and watched it. Uh, have you seen it? No, I haven't yet. I don't have anybody who would watch it with me. Yeah, I haven't found anybody that'll go. I figured you and I were going to fly out to Seattle go. and go watch back-to-back movies, one being a really good Mission Impossible movie, and then something that gets like 8% on Rotten Tomatoes, like Fantastic Four. I haven't heard anything about you wanting to go to the new Mission Impossible, Alex. Yeah, I've mentioned yeah. it. Uh, yeah, Alex, mention it. A <laughs> few times. It's apparently the best Mission Impossible movie. I've heard very good things. Is that setting a high bar? I mean, uh, I like those movies, so yeah. Does, you know, a lot of people praise those movies for having very good screenwriting, screenplay, and just like uh, character um, arcs, story arcs. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I guess if you aren't really a fan of anything that's in the realm of just something that's ridiculously impossible over, you know, overwhelming odds sort of thing, then no. Also, Tom Cruise Simon breaks Pegg's his ankle right? in this one. Yeah. Simon Pegg. Yeah, and it's freaking in. It's like one of the scenes in the actual movie. They yeah. kept the in. shot where he broke his ankle in. It's in the trailer, and every time I'd see it in the trailer, I would cringe. Because yeah. I could, like, <laughs> I just saw it. Like, once you see it, you know where he breaks his ankle. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, that looks like it's painful. What's crazy is he breaks his ankle and then he finishes the scene, like he, <laughs> like yeah, he pulls he himself up over the edge and runs. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah. So why not? Why not? I, I also I can think of a few reasons. Yeah. <laughs> the broken ankle. I'm also excited the main yeah. one. that uh, Henry Cavill's in it too. I'm I, I'm Henry Cavill fan. My so. man. I've heard Are he's you? amazing in it. Yeah, I am. What because has he been in that has not been hot garbage? The man from Uncle. Yeah, that one. If you haven't seen it, it's freaking amazing. Okay, yeah, I've all I've seen it in is Superman and. and okay, Superman. forget no. Superman. No, no, just, just n- no. The Man from Uncle is very well done. Um, what? Uh, what was the other thing I was going to talk about? Oh wait, yeah. Okay, so last thing in film thing. Um, I don't know who wrote this on here. But... I did. Okay, Owen, tell us yeah. about AIs as lead hey, characters. So, yeah, so they uh, have casted an AI as a lead role in an upcoming movie called Secondborn. The mm. AI is going to be programmed with uh, various different acting methods to be able to act as a character inside of the movie. And I just read this and thought, Jesus Christ, we can barely even get normal representation into a movie, and now we're putting, like, literal computers into the movie. Why not? I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Yeah, it's... <laughs> now, I will say that the robot is playing an AI robot in the film, so it's kind of just going to be playing yeah. itself. But at the same time, I look at that and I was like, we have, like, lesbian characters and can't even, like, get an actual lesbian to play that character yet when they're like oh yeah we need an ai let's actually just build one instead of just casting a white person it's mm. it's very frustrating to frustrating mm. to me and mm. i just 
it's it's it is amazing that this is the world that we live in now. But hey, maybe one day we won't even need actors at all because we'll just have robots do it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you mean why like not? animation? I mean, like animation still voice no acting at all. Yeah. There, there still has to be someone that's doing and acting in when animation. I, when I read this note on our on our page here, I was thinking of like that movie, uh, Her, where Scarlett Johansson plays an AI. Oh, I gosh. thought we were going to be talking about that. I didn't oh, think I we were talking about literal. Ex Machina. Oh, yeah, Ex Machina. Yeah, there you go. Which yep. I haven't even seen yet, but I know it's about more or less. You haven't seen Ex Machina? Oh, my I gosh. I haven't. So Her good. good things. It's so good, man. And it's got Alicia Vilkander in it. She's just really good. Again, yeah. another actress or another person from The Man from Uncle. Um, last but not least, uh, kind of just wrapping stuff up here. Alex, I'm assuming this is you who put NVIDIA on here because, you know, you because like to talk about. I'm the only person that stuff. keeps up with NVIDIA. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're the only uh, person who watched the entire thing. Yeah. I wanted to see if they were going to announce a consumer-grade graphics card, and they didn't, but, you know. Of course they, not. Why would they? They had a, a press conference at SIGGRAPH 2018, and they announced their new architecture called Turing, and um, a whole bunch of new technology, which seems super cool for stuff in the near future. Uh, they have a section on their chips now that have RTX cores, which is which are like specifically for ray tracing. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard of ray tracing stuff, but it's like everything that we see now that's rendered by graphics cards is rasterized um where it's just like basically it's fudged it's faked and then it's like turned into a 2d plane and then put on the monitor and um ray tracing will actually like bounce light like the lines of where light would come from off of textures and off of objects in the 3d environment and it actually bounces it around the environment until it gets back to the camera. And then the camera takes the data from all of the bounces and converts that into a pixel. So okay, that's it's, ridiculous. It's way, way, way more advanced. And like you get way more realistic imagery, like like uh, stuff that's super photorealistic and, and all that kind of stuff. This is the first time we've seen it being rendered in real time, I believe. Well, actually not because they did the same thing back in March, but it took four of their um their workstation cards synced using their new uh nvidia link technology that's not sli um it was the four of the volta cards and now a single card at this presentation did the same demo in real time and uh i don't know it's just like they showed a um the really cool thing they, they showed a porsche like commercial essentially because everything that you see in all these commercials or in like catalogs or whatever, it's all rendered because they're not like taking real photographs of things anymore. Right. So they had a Porsche commercial where they had this render of the Porsche and it was like, you know, going through a tunnel or whatever. And it was like all these lights reflecting off everything. And then they got to the end of the commercial and they were like, now what's crazy is that was actually in real time and actually it's still running and we can just like, pan the camera over here if we want and they like just started moving the camera around they like opened the door of the car like it was an interactive object and it looked like you would like what you see on tv and in, in a, a car commercial 
So that seems super That's crazy. Pretty cool. Um, and also there's uh, tons and tons of rumors that on Monday they're going to announce their new consumer cards because they have another event at a gaming-oriented convention. What is it? Gamecom? Gamescom, yeah. Gamescom. Was Are you sure it's not Dice Tower Con? Yeah. <laughs> what, somebody else asked something? What? Was this SIGGRAPH where they did this? Yeah, SIGGRAPH 2018. Okay. They showed off all the the new Compute stuff and... The new quadro cards, which are actually kind of reasonably priced. I think the top end one was like nine thousand or something like that. And the the one that they had to run four of them before was more than that. For just one of them. That's crazy. That's a lot of uh innovation in one generation of cards. Especially going from that's is that was that their no, you said that wasn't their consumer card. No, I'm assuming so that was a workstation, uh, like a workstation, workstation stuff, card. Yeah. Okay. The Quadro 8000 or whatever. So the other thing is all the leaks are pointing to the new desktop cards being the 20 series instead of the 11 series. No, stop with this stupid numbering crap. <laughs> so we're going from 1080 to 2080 probably. <sighs> and Caleb's, Caleb's so upset. He just left. Caleb's He's just freaking out. pissed. Freaking 2080, no! I'm done. I'm done. Uh, uh, what? What? What were we gonna say? Uh, oh, I was just gonna say that they're probably gonna be putting the ray tracing stuff in the consumer cards, so we can start seeing advantages of the technology in video games pretty soon. That would be nice. Pretty sick. Do you think Caleb's computer just caught on fire? Probably. I smell smoke. <laughs> Do you think his graphics card heard about the other ones yeah. and just felt inferior? It's just it like time. Oh. It is time. It's like I understand you're gonna get rid of me. Goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> okay. On uh, that note, thanks so much. Uh, if you want to check out some more stuff that we've worked on, please, please go to our website at wearethehorizon.com. You can also just check out our Facebook page um, and uh, be on the lookout for our next uh, podcast in two weeks. We'll catch you next time. See ya. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Chad McCoslin, Frank Rice, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amair, A-M-A-I-R. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Also, this week's podcast was again brought to you by Reclaim Industrial, a small but amazing shop of makers, designers, and fabricators based out of Bluemont, Virginia. You can check out their website at www.reclaimindustrial.com. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.